You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with uh, my co-host Cliffy D. Hey, sir, how are you? Oh, Tim, I am on cloud nine, let me tell you. I was on cloud nine, actually. I've been on cloud nine for a couple days now, but I mean, just between what we saw last Saturday at Percival Molson Stadium and to what's happened tonight, uh, I mean, you, you cannot kill my vibe right now. I am... I'm feeling pretty damn good. Well, you know, I'm going to try because I, uh, I, I couldn't get on to Cloud Nine for some reason. They would not let me pass the velvet rope, and I was stuck over on Cloud Eight. Um, so, I, I, you know, what, how, whatever power you have, dude, to get up there to Cloud Nine, I applaud you. Uh, if you can tell me how to get to Cloud Nine, that'd be, you know, it'd be greatly appreciated. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just don't got the cloud that you do, buddy. <laughs> well. I, I, I've got one one thing that could help. What's that? Uh, it, it's not exactly breaking news, but um, the Montreal Alouettes are in the playoffs. What? No, you're lying. Uh, my hand to God. You're lying. There's no way. That, hold on. I'm, oh. Uh, guess guess they have. Wow, I'm just looking at that now. Okay, well, I need to change my reaction then to uh, woohoo! Yeah! For the first yes. time, for the first time since um, in a long time, <laughs> 2014. It's been five long years, Tim. Almost, yeah, almost, almost five long years. You are correct, sir. Yeah, and also too, also to note, not only how are we now in triple digits when it comes to podcasts, mm. this is also the first time that we are actually able to talk about being in a playoff game. On the podcast. That is true. That is true. The last we are time, making history tonight. Yeah, the last time the Montreal Alouettes clinched a playoff spot prior to the Saturday's win over, excuse me, prior to Saturday's season sweep of the Calgary Stampeders, sounds so much better, mm-hmm. was November 2nd, 2014. It was versus the Toronto Argonauts. It's been a total of, it was a total of 1,799 days. Four years. <laughs> 11 months, four days since the last time the Alouettes were able to clinch a playoff spot and get into the next season. And uh, uh, what a difference it was. It, these, the two teams are totally different in every single way. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, nothing has come easy for this Montreal Alouettes team in 2019, or rather, they don't make it easy on themselves. I mean, there's other. I guess that's just the way they are. They just they just have to have a little bit of adversity. It just set themselves back just a little bit, just so that they can climb that mountain yet again. And my God, the way they do it, I, it it's scary at times. It's a little ugly at times. But you know what? You can't argue with the results. And for Montreal to once again have to come back, flip the switch, and 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 they just. I, I, and I'm, to shut out the great the defending Grey Cup champions in the second half. Can you believe it? I mean, just the defense really came alive and played a phenomenal game. To and then that that is no small feat, Tim. To shut out, you're absolutely right. Not only 
your defending Grey Cup champion, Calgary St. Peter's, shut them out, scoring zero points in the second half. But Bo Levi Mitchell, who is still the defending most outstanding player of the Canadian Football League mm-hmm. and still, without question, one of, if not the elite quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League, to keep him off the scoreboard. Oh, my God. Well, considering like, what he threw at halftime, which I know we'll get to him, but, but the, the, dude was, the dude was killing us at halftime. We were lucky to be back by, you know, to be only be back by seven at halftime but it's uh uh yeah uh, you know <laughs> and the dude at over 300 yards at halftime it didn't look very good really didn't i mean he was clicking i mean like people always talk about like when calgary comes to montreal invariably they lose they they've lost four of their last five games here in montreal and you know the the rumor is always that calgary comes in they treat this game like it's a vacation they maybe go out on the town a little bit maybe enjoy the montreal nightlife a little too much and then when it comes to game day they're not exactly 100% and I, I, again i we actually spoke about this uh, last wednesday with uh a uh, friend of the show, Spencer Wilson, a yeah. uh, former Calgary Stampeder. And we asked him, like, is it true about this this, this alleged, you know, vacation mindset that the Stampeders have when they come to play in Montreal? And he he, he could only speak for himself. He, he said that, uh, you know, I, I treat this like a, a, a business trip. And that's how it, anyone, any professional athlete should be doing. And I agree with him 100%. But we all know not everybody has that mindset. Nobody, not everybody has that sort of thinking that, uh, yeah, you're you're here to do a job and you're here to win a football game. Yeah. And invariably, when Calgary comes in, and as I said, uh, the last four or five games, Montreal has won this game. It, it it's kind of hard not to uh, not to think of that narrative. And I, again, I'm not going to go out. And, I'm not going to suggest that uh, Calgary was the same way this time around because they actually played a very competitive game. And Bo Levi. Definitely did not. I, I, I'm fair. I feel very confident in saying that Bo Levi Mitchell did not go out partying on St. Catherine Street uh, the the Friday night before the football game because he was he was dialed in for that first half of football. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the it's funny, you know. We, we the last two home games that we've had, they vote you know the four o'clock starts, by the which I'm I'm really liking. So it's, you know, it's funny because it's really going to be weird. The the home finale is going to start at one um, on a Saturday, but still. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, a, quite a difference in actual temperature for the game itself before you know between this week and the last home game but it was still you know even though it was possibly oh, what, what probably 15 degrees cooler at kickoff time uh it was the game was still hot in itself i mean we had everything that we could in this game as it turnovers interceptions um some weird little lights in the stand in the stands what the, that that was that was just mind boggling. But we'll, we'll we'll get to all that and 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 talk about more and talk about it more. Um, but as I said, Montreal did beat the Calgary Stampeders twenty one seventeen. They outscored the the uh, the Stamps in the second half eleven nothing um, for the game. Vernon Adams, who was coming first game back after his one game suspension, um, in my opinion, did look a little bit. Um, a little bit rusty, just didn't seem to be all there. It just, some things just didn't seem to be clicking. Um, but Adams, he was, uh, 18 to 29, only 206 yards, Cliff, no interceptions, no touchdowns, uh, on through the air, but he did get his, uh, his third, 12th, 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 12th touchdown rushing to, uh, 12th touchdown this year. Um, yeah, uh, so he's he's moving ever so close to uh, again to, to Doug Flutie and tying the, the league record of of fourteen. Uh, the running backs 
was it wasn't as strong as it was uh, last week, but also it seemed to be that both Stanbeck and Jeremiah Johnson were were able to complement each other quite well. Uh, even though Johnson only really got three carries, um, but Stanback had 61 yards on 14 carries, the average of 4.4 uh, for the for receiving. Um, leading receiver was Eugene Lewis, uh, eight targets, four catches, 86 yards. And next leading was a Quan Bray at uh, uh, seven targets, six receptions, and forty five yards. Um, what was your What was your thought on, on on Do you agree with me on how Vernon played? Yeah, it definitely wasn't his best game as a, as a Montreal Alouettes starting quarterback. Uh, he again didn't didn't really make any mistakes. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. He got sacked, but uh, again, he he did what he had to do. He just took care of things. I mean, I, I don't like using the term game manager when it comes to describing his style of quarterback play, but uh, it really did felt like for this particular game, he was a game manager. He, like, he just, he did just enough so that the team was playing, you know, they're playing a competitive game, but not wowing anybody. Yeah. I mean that, that even in the second half, like uh, still, he was just sort of keeping it, keeping their, their heads above water. I mean, like all the scoring uh, essentially in this football game came as a result of special teams other than Vernon's touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah. The rest of the points that were marked were pretty much special teams points. It was nice to actually have a touchdown this time, a special teams touchdown where uh, the game was able to finish. And it actually did mean something. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, how about that? A punt return touchdown from uh, making his debut with the Montreal Alouettes, Mario Alford. Second time this year, actually. For our, for our punt returners making a touchdown in their debut. Absolutely. First it was Shakir Ryan, and now it's uh, Mario Alford, mm-hmm. who uh, came in. Uh, he was on the practice roster and uh, uh, got got the call to uh, uh, to come in and uh, return kicks because uh, Shaq Marie Lawrence was put on the uh, six-game injured list. Uh uh, again, along with Shakir oh, Ryan. I did, that I didn't know. Yep, unfortunately. So uh, see, now, now it kind of makes sense now. Now kind of. I know. I know. I know. Quan Bray was also returning kicks as well, but I, 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 I think it was a time actually, time to was, get. Actually, it was Greg Reed. Well, Greg no, Reed, Quan uh, punting, and uh, Kaylon Julian Grant kickoff. Yes, kickoff return. Right, but uh, but now with uh, with Alfred in the mix, uh, it was chance for for him to get an opportunity to see what he can oh, do. That's true. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I forgot but, about the 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 the, 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 the missed field goal return by Greg Reed because I wasn't in my seats at that time. I was roaming around the stadium trying to trying to get my post game post game field passes. So I know I did miss I did miss a few things. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah. It's, uh, again, it was nice to have. Uh, it, you know, this year's been pretty good when it comes to special teams. I remember the last time that we had two punt returns. It's one thing I haven't asked yet, but but this time we had two punt returns for for touchdowns in a, in a season. So, um, yeah. Um, defense too. I, I'm going to applaud them. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they did better than last week, obviously. I mean, especially with that second half, uh, the second half shutout. And, and they, I mean, again, four turn, uh, th- four turnovers, three in the second half. But the only thing that would that really concern me though, Cliff, was that they really, I think at one point, they only got, was it only three points off of the, off the turnovers? Uh, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that 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 was a little concerning at me first because I mean if we had lost the uh, if we had lost the game I was like mm, I don't know what to think but hey uh, I'm not complaining now. No, I mean this this definitely was a defensive battle. There is no question about that. I mean the Montreal struggled with, offensively when it came to well basically 
the entire game. I mean, like, as I said, the only real offense came from Vernon Adams as far as uh, his rushing touchdown. Uh, The rest of the time, like, he put together some nice drives, but just couldn't quite close. I mean, there was just, uh, like I said, not not the most exciting game in that sense but i mean when it comes to this defense i mean they they made plays happen and my god they were all over the field they were it was that kind of defense that we've been coming to expect from this team in 2019 and it was just great they to be again just to be able to shut down bo levi mitchell is no small feat and believe me he was he was firing out there like he was finding receivers he was uh getting the running game going as well. I mean, like he was doing everything possible to put points on the board, but Montreal and the defense, they just weren't having any of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously coming out the second half, you know, we didn't get the ball to start the second half. We were down by seven at that point. But uh, what a way to to, to basically kickstart, uh, I guess, the the entire team with that uh, with that uh, kickoff return, the 85-yard the, yeah, the uh, kickoff return. Uh, sorry, uh, punt return. Uh, now it's just you know basically uh, less than two minutes into this into the second half, so it it kind of got us where we needed to be back at you know back at equal footing at seventeen, and it uh, it just went from there. Yep, Boris Bidet was uh, once again very consistent. Uh, managed to get two field goals and a rouge, mm-hmm. which ended up being the winning points, so to speak. So to speak, yep. And uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, I the funny thing with special teams is especially this year it you. I can't say it's been outstanding, but it hasn't been terrible either. It's been consistent. And you know what? That's all we can really ask for is just consistency across the board when it comes to special teams. Uh, you don't have to score a, a kick return or a punt return touchdown on every single series. You just got to be able to put your te- you got to put your offense in position to score. And that's what they've been doing more often than not. Uh, this game notwithstanding, though, because, I mean, they, they have, Alfred had a couple of nice returns. Uh, Kion Julian Grant also touched the ball a couple times. Uh, Greg Reed returning a, a missed field goal, yeah. getting that out. So there's no points scored there. I mean, like, they're doing the job. That's the thing is they're doing the job. Uh, Mickey Donovan has been doing a great job as far as getting his troops motivated. Uh, they know what to expect out of him, and they've been doing it this year. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at just how well – that particular aspect of the football has turned out so far. But once again, it just comes down to the defense. They say defense wins championships. And I tell you what, uh, this past Saturday, like this, this defense was definitely a winner in all, all senses of the word. Yeah. I went into the game, you know, where we talked about it last week and I was worried, you know, finding out when uh, uh, Chris Matthew was going to be benched, but you know what, Hey, you know what? If it, if it wasn't for him being a healthy scratch, we may not have gotten that uh, punt return for a touchdown, and this 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 game may have been a may it may have been a completely different outcome, and we wouldn't have, have clinched that uh, that playoff spot uh, for this season. So uh, we were talking about the defense before, Cliff. Uh, Bola Combo and uh, Jamar Jones uh, tied uh, for the team lead in ta- in uh, in defensive tackles at nine. Uh, then DJ uh, Lama had eight. Um, and, uh, what am I missing here? Greg Reed had six, uh, six defensive tackles. So, uh, pretty good. I mean, for, for the guy, I mean, uh, Lacombo ended up getting 10 total for the game. Um, sometimes, you know, you see the numbers and it, it, it you know, when you, they're that, were that, they are that high, you kind of think that maybe there was, uh, you know, a, an issue within the defense early. And obviously, yeah, I think that a lot of the a lot of the numbers are a little bit higher because Bo Levi basically, you know, he almost threw for five hundred yards. Mm-hmm. 
And once again, this is a, a case where a Calgary quarterback comes in, throws for well over 400 yards, uh, throws for touchdowns, still loses the game. Yes. <laughs> it, it happened with Nick Arbuckle earlier this year in Calgary. And you'd figure, okay, well, Bo Levi coming in, ever since he came back from injury, uh, he's, it was 4-0 and as a starter. Uh, yeah, since 13, late, since 13 and 1 coming off of a bye since with Bo Levi? Yep. I mean, like, by and large, Calgary should have had this game. And for a good part of the game, they were leading. They, they, but something about these Alouettes, man, they just, they don't give up. They don't give in. And they just, they just find ways to come back and win. It's not pretty. But my God, they, they just, they do not quit. Like, the, the heart on this team mm-hmm. is, is that of all, of all the stats that we get sent to us and that we can go through and pour through, the one stat you cannot measure, the one, uh, intangible is heart and this team has so much heart it's unbelievable they just there's no quit in them they they will not go down without a fight and that's what i love and to hear the crowd respond to it as well they, they see it as well they see the effort that this team puts in and man it just makes for such a fun experience like it just it makes it so damn exciting to go and watch a football game at Percival molson stadium because you know win or lose you are going to be entertained. And lately, these Alouettes have been nothing short of entertaining. Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it was the atmosphere was just absolutely monster. I mean, it, it, that's, and that's one of the subjects that we wanted to talk about. By the way, the, so the Alouettes are 8 and 6, Cliff. Um, it's the first time since 2012 that the Alouettes have been uh, at 8 wins through 14 games this late in the regular season. So um, it's, it's, I love it. I love it, baby. <laughs> oh, it, it is exciting. That's what it comes down to is, yes, this is a good football team. Good enough to make the playoffs. And believe it or not, folks, first place is still up for grabs. It I mean, is, Hamilton. It's tough, but yes, it, it is. I mean, uh, Hamilton definitely is is ahead. But I mean, mathematically, the Alouettes still have a chance to catch them. I mean, we a lot got of things here, are here, baby. We have them here. I mean, a lot. As I said, a lot of things are going to have to fall into in Montreal's favor. But I uh, mean, one of the pluses is that they know that they are on a buy. That Hamilton's on a buy this week. That's true. So I mean, if uh, Montreal has to go to Winnipeg and play the Blue Bombers, who have been struggling as of late, and a lot of that is because they played the Montreal Alouettes a couple of weeks ago, and ever since that game, they've been reeling. They have uh, been in a bit of a tailspin. So if Montreal can catch them again and just prove just how dominant this that they are. And if Winnipeg just still can't get it together, I mean, once again, if Montreal can get this win on Saturday mm-hmm. against the Blue Bombers mm-hmm. while Hamilton sits idle, once again, you're you're making up ground. You're winning the games you have to get. Again, it, it goes back. Yeah, exactly what we're going, what we're talking about earlier in the season. It front because we've had I think too far so far two of those two of those games where they they were really must wins. One being obviously the. Uh, we'll throw in the asterisk game with with Saskatchewan earlier in the year, and uh, there was another game which I felt that they should have won. But it, it's, uh, yeah. But you know what? Playoffs, um, yeah, playoffs. Uh, the game uh, is scheduled currently. If it is a either way, if it is a, it will be a home playoff game, and it will be on. Uh, if it is the uh, uh, semifinal, it will be on November tenth uh, at Percival Molson, and we'll we'll continue from there if if we do get as far as. Being able to, to, if we do get the the first place by, but we'll 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 and now we'll take it from there. But I can tell you that tickets do go on sale very soon. I think it's the uh, what is it, what is today? Are they go on sale the twelfth. I think they go uh, I, I I think well, there's uh, pre sales going on for uh, season, season ticket, ticket holders, holders yeah. 
And uh, social media apparently oh, for is extra, also yeah, for a- extra tickets. Yeah, for extra tickets, because obviously if you're a season ticket, you, you get them automatically. So, mm-hmm. um, general bus. Sorry, seventeenth October seventeenth is the general public sale. Uh, yeah, the Alouettes are offering on uh, as of October October tenth for social medias and uh, newsletter pre-sales, and also for uh, for flex and partial plan pre-sales. That's that happened today, and that's how you got yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, Let's pack this place. Let's ma- let's make it big enough where we can take off these tarps. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, Montreal can keep winning if, as I said, they, if they can go and they can win this game against the Blue Bombers, and just keep it going, man. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to is they've got to maintain the momentum they've got right now. And it, again, I'm not going to say they're going to beat Hamilton and take over first place, but I mean, it's there. It's tangible. It is something that could be done. And if if so, imagine. Imagine, Tim, if the Alouettes actually do find a way to get past Hamilton into first place and end up hosting the Eastern Final yeah, yeah. at Percival Molson Stadium. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the playoff game, regardless of the playoff game that's going to be played in November at Percival Molson Stadium, it's going to be electric. But imagine if it's an Eastern Final game. Yeah. Whew. Not looking ahead, though. One thing, does, no, by the way, no. we're going to give our, our grades here. Uh uh, for for the game this week, and then talk about the the atmosphere and stuff like that because it, it was it was it was electric, man. Um, one thing that did concern me were the Alouettes on first uh, the defense on first down this week this past week. They gave up nine. This is crazy. Nine point two yards. That's what they gave up on first down. That's what they averaged giving up on on first down. Nine point two yards. Yeah. Again, this it, it really does speak to just how prepared Bo Levi was. Like he came into this game wanting to win. And he was, again, able to spread the ball around. Like uh, Josh Huff, what a receiver. Hergie Mayala, wow, he had a, got a couple of monster catches. And, uh, I mean, this okay, uh, Reggie oh, Bagel. It, it was just yeah, the, the, the pitch and catch from, from Bo, Bo Levi was just phenomenal. And Reggie Bagleton, like Montreal has, like two games, Montreal has not been able to solve this guy. I mean, the fact that they were able to keep him out of this, off the score sheet was impressive. But, mm. I mean, like this is a, a very dangerous receiver. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about Eric Rogers, but like, like this guy, too, like this is the guy I think should be getting double, almost triple teamed on every play because he's that good of a receiver. Yeah. But you do that, it just opens things up. And Bo Levi knows this. And for the most part, he was able to. Uh, to really spread the ball around and really get Montreal on their toes. So for the, the important thing, though, is as they always seem to do, they make the halftime adjustments the Alouettes do. And they just they figure it out. That's what that's what's great. Like everybody's always doom and glo- always seems to be doom and gloom during that first half of football. And I'm now at the point like I don't even care. I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I, I'm not even worried. I'm yeah. really not even worried at this point because they will figure it out. That's just what this coaching staff does. And it's – I don't know how they do it, but they figure it out. They just – they make the right moves. They make the right little tweaks if they have to. Mm-hmm. And they get it figured out. And everybody else is just caught with their pants down. They don't They don't know how to react. Like they just – they know Montreal is going to come back and make this competitive. They just don't know how they're going to do it. And it's – it makes it's one of the one of the many many reasons why this team is so much fun to watch. Tim, it's yeah. it's remarkable. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, uh, as I said, let's we're gonna give our uh, our grades for the uh, for the for the uh, game this week. Um, but before I do, I want to remind everybody that this just happened to be episode one hundred and one. Um, if you ha- happen to uh, 
haven't listened to it yet, make sure you go back and listen to episode 100. It's a special special episode that we wanted to that we wanted to to tape and and, and present to you, the fans, uh, not only in Montreal but uh, across the CFL and across across the world. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to speak with for about oh, for about a good hour, be able to speak with uh, CFL Hall of Famer and Montrealowitz alum Ben Cahoon. And oh. best way to, to listen to that episode, if you haven't to already, is to head over to alowitzflightdeck.ca or head over to Spotify, head over to Stitcher, head over to Google Play Music or to Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. If you haven't already, folks, definitely give that episode a listen. Uh, it was such a treat to be able to talk to Ben Cahoon. Uh, yeah, no one words. episode no I words. didn't mind editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and... I'm again. I can't thank you, folks, enough too for tuning into us every. You know, for a hundred times you have downloaded and listened to us. And as far as I'm concerned, if we can get another hundred out of you guys, I'd be thrilled. I'd, I'd be beyond thrilled. And that's the plan. Is we're not going anywhere, right, Tim? Yep. No, nope, not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Uh, let's get to the the our 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 grades for the team this past week uh, versus the Stampeders. Cliff, uh, how would you rate the offense? I'll be honest. See, they, they, they scored more. They, they scored the points that need, needed to win, but still wasn't pretty. And no. even though I talk about how Vernon Adams is able to flip the switch and he just gets things figured out, I didn't really get that impression this week. I didn't really feel like he did that. Like he did enough to win. There's, I'm, I'm not going to take this victory away from him. He did what he had to do, and no excuses as far as him not playing the week before. Like he, he's a professional. He knows exactly what he needs to do to win these games, and he did. He did fine. He did an okay job, but it's not what we've come to expect from him. And I'm just going to chalk it up to you know what? They don't all have to be great games. They don't all have to be winners. They just have to. He just has to, you know, there's no style points here. You just have to go out and do your job. And that's right. what he did. He kept this team competitive. He kept them in the match. He did what he needed to do. And he got the W. So I can't take, I'll, I will never take that away from him. Right, right. But as far as offense goes, yeah, there was a few exciting plays here and there. But by and large, like the re- only true offense as far as points goes was a goal line touchdown by Adams. And the rest of the time, it was a lot of close, but no cigar. And that was the opening drive. Mm-hmm. Now, we, now That's we, it. we would have had another one, too, if we hadn't been for... Anyways, we'll talk about that. Never mind. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes about that spot. Um, so what is your grade? Uh, C. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. I, I, I'm, I was like, are they really deserving of a C-? minus? Because that's where I was at first. But I was like, no, they aren't. Because, you know, with the, uh, with the opportunity that they had, you know, that first drive where they had the touchdown... Um, they had that. I said they had that great drive. Also, that was that was stalled by that third and one in a horrible spot uh, by the referees. Um, but yeah, I, I think C is, is fair. Now, uh, defense. How would you go with them? <laughs> well, I, I I have to go with A. They play again to to shut out the Calgary Stampeders, keep them off the score sheet for the entire second half of football. How do you not give Bob Slowick and his his group an A for the for this? It was great football. They shut the door on this guy on, on Bo Levi Mitchell. Four turnovers and a great pick from uh, from Ryan Brown. Like he pick. jumped up and read the mail. 
picked him right off. Uh, it's like guys Bo, like, it's Ju- like Bo didn't even see him. No, that's the thing. Like he, or it was, I don't know if he was trying to throw over him or what. But you never know it. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Brown, like he's been a a, a great addition to the eff- defensive line, and he just he just leapt up there and just snagged it. It was absolutely beautiful. And then just the way the, the just when it looked like Calgary was going to finally put a drive together and start scoring points, ball would pop loose and someone else would jump on it and. Just outstanding. It's just unfortunate that really, truly, the only points that they were able, the Alouettes were able to get off of all of these turnovers was, in reality, another field goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, um, the them getting burned and torched like they were in the first half was really concerning to me. I mean, the Alouettes go up by by seven points, and then they get outscored by seventeen straight until the Alouettes are able to score a, a, a field goal to, to close out the half. Um, I'm going to give the I'm going to give the I'm going to give the defense a, a B. Uh, I can't give them an A in this situation. I do understand that they that they uh, that they shut out the, the Stampeders, which is a task in itself in the second half. I mean, yeah, I would I would probably give them a, an A for the second half or an A plus for the second half. But just them getting torched the way they did in the first half was was very concerning for me, and that's why I can't. There's I, I can't. There's, in good conscience, I cannot even I cannot give this team a, a, a the defense a, an A for the entire game. So um, I, I could go lower, but I, I don't think they deserve a. a a, a B, uh, a B minus or B plus. Uh, that's so that's, that's why I'm going with the, the mid level mid level B. All right. Well, and again, that's fair. I can appreciate how you feel about that. I mean, definitely, without question, the second half would be A plus. But oh yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I I still think that keeping Calgary to 17 points total when it was all said and done, regardless of how they scored it, is still again no small feat uh, considering just how high powered an offense this uh, the Stampeders team is especially with Bo Levi Mitchell behind center mm-hmm. i mean to keep them to 17 points total is that to me that's I, you factor that in with the shutout in the second half and that's how i was able to come with an a was just the fact that they they more than did their job when it comes to this game especially knowing full well the implications of what a win would mean for montreal yeah. and they did their job and then some yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, a couple of things we want to talk about the game with the atmosphere, but we can't, uh, uh, we didn't, we didn't leave the game unscathed though. That's one thing I think that we need to make, make perfectly clear though. Did we, we had, we had, we had a few, few injuries. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I, I think about Tony Washington and just the fact that he, he broke his, uh, broke his leg. And it was just a complete accident. Unfortunately, uh, Vernon Adams got pushed into Washington, and Vernon fell and fell right on Tony's leg and ankle area. And unfortunately, it was determined that uh, Washington did indeed break his leg and is now out for the rest of the season, which is tough because uh, left tackle is a very important position, especially for Montreal. It's like This offensive line has been doing such a good job for the most part, of keeping Vernon Adams upright and basically keeping defenders away from him. And Washington has been a huge part of that. So to to lose someone like Tony, who's been just a great addition to the team, that really, really sucks. Uh, Ryan Carter also got uh, dinged up pretty bad. Uh, he, uh, he took a nasty spill, and uh, he uh, had to leave the game. Uh, Tevin Floyd also... Uh, Took a, a bit of a, a smack as well, and he uh, also had to uh, had to leave the game. Uh, it does open things up for other guys like uh, Jarner Jones and Dominique Termanson to get in and get some valuable reps, but at the same time, it's still 
still not good when uh, a couple of your your better defenders end up having to leave the game. So, uh, but again, it, it speaks to the next man up mentality. Exactly, and also uh, DJ uh, over at RDS reported uh, yesterday that uh, Kennedy Estelle was was replacing Tony Washington at left tackle, at least at practice as of uh, as of Tuesday. Um, I, I'm I'm going to be very interesting that he he's going to be one to watch. I'm sure this week versus the versus the Bombers. Yeah, I've actually had a chance to meet uh, Kennedy a few weeks ago, and uh, he's a big boy, so uh, that's. Definitely encouraging as well. Uh, he's been on the practice roster now for several weeks. Uh, he's got to have things down pat. So, you know what? This is this is the time to shine. This is when when your number is called. You got to show just how ready you are. And I have a feeling that Kennedy is going to do that. He's going to step up and be ready to go. Uh, I know that it again being a, a tackle, just trying to protect that blind side for Vernon Adams is going to be a tall task. Task, but I got a feeling he's going to be up for it. And if not, I mean. You got a, you've got a versatile player like Spencer Wilson who can play pretty much any position on the offensive line and pretty much did that last year for Calgary. He, at one point, had played all five positions on the offensive line. So if worse came to absolute worse, you could definitely swing him out to tackle or move Trey Rutherford over out to tackle as well because right now he's playing as guard. Have Wilson and uh, Estelle come in, in in the guard position and sort of keep things steady in that regards. So. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting look uh, this Saturday in Winnipeg, but uh, uh, it's just it's tough knowing that uh, Washington, who's been a warrior pretty much ever since he's put on an LOS uniform, and to know that he's not going to be a part of this, uh, you know, on the field anyways, is is tough. But again, this is this is where opportunity comes in. Like as I said, once your number is called, you have to be ready. So for Kennedy Estelle, I really hope he's ready to go and. Uh, Let's, let's hope this offensive line. I know they've taken a big hit with uh, the injury to Tony, but uh, I got a feeling that they're gonna they're gonna find a way to survive and possibly even thrive from this. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't see much. I actually didn't see any of it. I really wish I was able to see the, the replay of the game. I know you saw it. Um, did the Seahawks have two mic'd up games today uh, last week? Because I know that because I know Greg Weed was actually mic'd up for this past week's game, and I, I would imagine Vernon was was he the other one who was mic'd up. I think so. Well, I think it's automatically going to be the quarterback, your starting quarterback, and then they choose another person, usually on defense. So I think that's what it was. Was it was Vernon and uh, and, Greg, and Greg? Greg for the second straight week. Yeah. Or second straight, uh, not second straight mic'd up, but two out of the, two of the last three mic'd up games. And anything interesting that you that you were able to catch in this? Cause I know with the last one, he was he was chirping quite a bit, but I know it was the game where they were uh, they were getting their butts handed to them by Winnipeg at at the start. But uh, uh, anything out of the ordinary that you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, like that's that's what he does. He's a he's a, a very excitable guy. Uh, he's definitely passionate. Uh, you definitely hear him out there. Like he he makes his presence felt. Greg Reed does, and uh, definitely entertaining to listen to. And uh, we, we when we saw him after the game, you could tell he was not only cranked up, not just because of the win, but I think just being able to showcase himself uh, a little bit further. And of course, he's always happy to see us because you know we've been supporting him from day one. Yeah, yeah. Even call us like that's, those are my day one guys right there. So uh, yeah. you know we always appreciate uh, you know you you show us the, you know, we'll show you the love and you know you show it back to us in return. It's just that's it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that was very unique, and uh, and then we'll get to the uh, to the spot to the referees. Um, and, and you explained this a little bit more to me because I didn't know this had occurred, but uh, I, if anybody was watching the game, and, and this is something that actually st- not only stood up to, to myself as a fan, but also to the players after we talked to them post-game on the field, 
um, was the impromptu, what do I call it, light show <laughs> in the stands? Um, anybody watched on TV or, or saw some of the pictures, stuff like that? It was something very unique. And, it's, and as I think both you and I, I think, stated, this is something we've never seen before uh, With the, at any time, whether it be the Big O or here. Um, during a, during a game for the for the Montreal Alouettes. No, exactly. I mean, it, it's funny just how it all came about too. Like the Alouettes were on defense, so of course you expect the crowd to be making noise, which they had been doing. Like, and that's the thing: like, the crowd was just getting progressively louder and louder. But during this uh, booth review, because the uh, Stampeders believe that uh, there is a defensive pass interference on on the Alouettes, while they were reviewing that. Of course, the crowd was still getting hyped up. They were still getting loud because they had to because Montreal at that point was leading by four and doing everything they can to get momentum or keep the momentum back in Montreal's favor. At one point, uh, another friend of the show, uh, Eric Odette, the PA announcer for the Montreal Alouettes, uh, of course, he's doing his usual thing, making noise, all that, trying to encourage the fans. He actually at one point suggested to everybody, turn on your cell phone lights, like all your – and – Sure enough, people started flipping on cell phone lights. And the next thing you know, the entire stadium is covered in little lights, like a whole like almost like 10,000 fireflies are just all throughout the stadium. And I have never seen that at a professional football game. And from everyone else that was surrounding us in the stands and then as we were talking to players afterwards on the field – no one has ever seen anything like that. Yeah, and they were in awe. A lot of I think that's the I think it's the word that we heard the most when we were talking with the players. They were in awe, or they were just stunned by what they saw. You, you you factor in the noise, you factor in the crowd cheering, you factor in all these lights. It just made for a, an experience like nothing else. Like the, I, it's difficult to describe it just using words. I mean, you really have to see it. If you go to the alternative, I actually did. Uh, post a couple of uh, tweets that showed live video action of these lights in action. And it, it, like I said, words just don't do it justice. And if you were there live, you knew, like, I mean, this was just, it was a moment in time. And let's face it, Tim, we've been to a lot of exciting games at Percival Molson stadium. Even this year, it seems like the, the the crowd is finding a way to top itself over and over (laughs) and over again. I know. And this was just something else completely different and i tell you what i don't think you can go back now i think now especially like you're trying to hype this team up you're trying to get the crowd excited uh, i i mean it, it sounds kind of silly like you're, you're okay put on your cell phone lights like what are you at a rock show or something like that like you're at a concert it worked and, and it was it, yeah it was during the fourth quarter and it, it, it worked it really worked it was it was just cool it's not it, something you would see usually with halftime or something like that was pre-planned this was not pre-planned it wasn't like this was a completely organic experience and everybody bought in right away just like that people flipping on their lights and waving them around between that all the cheers and the mini cowbells going and every like they just it was like the thunderdome <laughs> there's yeah. just no other way to describe this atmosphere yeah. and i'm willing to bet like the the, the fans and, or the players on the calgary bench were like what the hell is this and Again, even talking to our players afterwards, like they were hyped. They were just excited, not just because they got the win and are going to the playoffs, but like you, we, we asked them, like, what, what did you think of the, 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 the light show, so to speak? We don't know what else to call it. And everybody, like their eyes grew wide, like, wow, that was crazy. I've never yeah. seen anything like that before. Like just the excitement in their voice to yeah. see something like that is just incredible. And they're on board with it. The, the fans are on board. It, it's, it's just 
it was again. It, I'm, I, I keep saying no words that can describe it. <laughs> Here no, I'm trying to describe it. The Alouettes also did post something on social media today <laughs> with, a, with a small uh, vignette of it. I think it's like two, two and a half minutes or so, whatever it is. But it's currently available on social media. Um, we, all, I also retweeted. I think we also did for the uh, 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 for the uh, for our uh, the uh, flight deck uh, pod uh, Twitter account. I think we did it with that also. Mm-hmm. Um, one quick other thing before we talk about transactions, then we talk about just give a quick uh, recap, uh, our a quick preview of the game uh, this week versus uh, Winnipeg. Uh, what was your thought on that? And we talked about it before on that third and one uh, that failed third and third and one. I don't know what it's about these things that keep coming back. These third and ones, man. Uh, a failed third and one um, for the Alouettes, uh, which could have cost you know with the. We, luckily, we got the ball back. and We got another field goal. What was your thought on that uh, that, that play in the fourth? It was, I think, it was the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, I didn't think it was a very good spot. To be honest with you, I, I saw Vernon. They're saying that he that where they marked him off was when he started to stand up, as opposed to trying to dive forward with the ball to try and advance it to get that one yard that was needed to get, to get a fresh set of downs. I didn't see him really stand up per se. Like I just felt like he was going forward and may have been pushed back a little bit, but I think he with forward progress, as far as I was concerned, he had more than enough to get the first down, but Andre Prue and his, uh, and his fellow referees, I guess didn't agree with that. And they just decided to mark him, I guess where he supposedly stood up with mm-hmm. the football. I definitely don't agree with the spot, but uh, and I, I knew Kahari was obviously not going to challenge something like that. No, uh, that would have been a, just a, a waste of time, quite frankly. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things that I'd say last year, a call like that would have definitely sunk this football team yeah. and would have destroyed, the, killed the momentum dead right there. But if anything, it just seemed to inspire the team because, yeah, they end up getting the ball back after uh, another great defensive series. And uh, thanks to uh, a horse collar tackle by uh, yeah. by Calgary yeah. on, on Mario Alford. That just moved the ball a little bit closer, allowed Boris Bede to kick the uh, the field goal that would essentially force Calgary to have to score a touchdown at that point if they wanted to win the game. And that's just when things just got crazy for the Alouettes and their fans. Like that's when like the noise level, Tim. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. It seems like every game this year we've talked about is man, the crowd's really into it. The crowd's really excited. They're making noise like they're supposed to be on defense, and it, it's exciting. But like this was. I mean, we've heard some really loud crowds at Personal Molson Stadium. We've been to some pretty phenomenal games in our in our in our career, if you will, as Alouettes fans. I don't think we've ever seen anything like we did this past Saturday. When you factor in the impromptu light show, the noise, the 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 energy level from the crowd from start to finish, I mean, this was easily one of the most entertaining games that we've been to. I mean, it's funny. The game against Winnipeg, we thought that was going to be great because, again, that was the best, the biggest comeback in Alouette's history. You think, okay, nothing's going to top that. But I tell you what, that this past Saturday versus Calgary, uh, I, 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 you really can't compare the two. It's like apples and oranges. But I mean, like, my God, this just makes for such a fun atmosphere. Like, if you are not going to Percival Molson Stadium, folks, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, what, <laughs> I mean. Watching the game on TV, like after we, uh, as a, well after the fact, we watched the, uh, well, I watched the game, and you hear the noise coming through on the on TV. But I tell you what, folks, whatever you think you hear on TV, 
times it by 10 and that's what you're hearing at every single home game like you if you're not going to home games folks if you have the capability if you're able to go and aren't going you are missing out on just an overall incredible atmosphere an experience like no other i mean montreal alouettes football folks it's fun it is so much fun and this season has just been one incredible event after another yeah no it's it's been fun, but we still we still got we obviously we still got a long ways to go. So, um, by the way, one quick idea. By the way, considering that they all this technology that's around to spot where a ball is if it's in or out, like during the uh, U.S. Open tennis, you know, the tennis tournament, they can determine whether a ball's you know uh, in or out. Uh, the new technology that they have for uh, for the World Cup and determining if a ball has crossed the actual line itself for uh, for a goal. You know, we think that maybe the CFL could do something like this, Cliff. And I understand it's a, it's a, it's a, because uh, you really can't challenge because it's hard to find out. But what would you think about if if the, if the CFL started using technology, you know, started to be an innovator and to put something uh, a chip inside the ball and and try to find a way where on plays like that that they get the spot correct what would you think about that well and i do believe there is actually some technology that does exist that would allow for something like that to happen uh again why the cfl isn't willing to look into something like that your guess is as good as mine but uh i know such technology does exist and maybe it's just a matter of trying to find the right opportunity to use it and the eye in the sky clearly isn't working the cfl command center clearly isn't working when it comes to being able to spot the ball properly uh again i i I would sincerely hope that especially if more instances like this keep coming up you're gonna have no choice but to implement some sort of uh some sort of technology like this to be able to give an accurate read because let's face it i mean it's it's not one of those things that will necessarily cost you a game but at the same time like there's We've had a couple of instances like this where it's just been too close for comfort. And, you know, if, if they gave us a spot, fine, it would, this would be a non-issue. But, uh, I mean, it's, as far as just accuracy goes, as far as being consistent with your calls, I mean, that, that that's something that's got to be crucial to the Canadian Football League, regardless of who's playing. Regardless whether it's your team playing or another team. I mean, it's got to be consistent across the board. And sometimes technology is – that's what the technology is there for, to – Give again, like, like, human error is a big part of this uh, of the, of the sport. Yeah, I accept that, but at the same time, if you've got technology that's readily available that can help eliminate just a little bit of that, doesn't it behoove you to put it to use and find a way to make it an integral part of this game? Right. I mean, to me, that that just seems like a no brainer. Yeah, no, I know. Um, before we get to our quick preview, um, what uh, gives the the transactions for the week? Because I know there's, there was one that you, you some you wanted to talk about specifically. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, as again, the as the team does, they've been uh, adding some more players to the practice roster. Uh, one such move that was made was uh, the acquisition of uh, David Pindell, a quarterback from Connecticut. A good young quarterback. Uh, Played uh, for the University of Connecticut, uh, also the alma mater of uh, Martin Bedard. Uh, but the one move that I've been extremely excited about and I'm very happy to announce is uh, the return of a player who was with the Alouettes last season during training camp. Uh, someone who I'm very high on because he is just a phenomenal player on and off the field is uh, from a defensive back from Aurora University, Justin Gibbons. Uh, last year, you heard us uh, talking about him because he's he came in with a great pre- uh, great pedig- eh, great pedigree. 
uh, a small school player, but uh, definitely doesn't play like a small school player. Uh, I've compared this guy and also other NFL scouts have compared him to Richard Sherman of the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks. If he can play just half as good as defensive back as what Richard Sherman can do, be very excited, folks. I mean, especially now with a couple of the injuries that have happened in the secondary, uh, you're going to need someone like a, uh, a Justin Gibbons in the lineup. And believe me, he, already you can tell how excited he is to be here. Uh, first, His first uh, practice with the Alouettes, running with the ones and managed to get a pick already. So do not be surprised. I don't know if we'll see him necessarily in the lineup for uh, – this Saturday against Winnipeg, but I'm sure it's just going to be a matter of time before he actually becomes a part of the roster. And you put him in that same backfield, uh, in the same secondary with guys like Dominique Termanson, Greg Reed, Tommy Campbell, he's going to fit right in. And uh, I think we're going to see a bonafide playmaker just at the right time. Just as this team is rolling along, you know, they're already in playoff mode as it stands right now. And just be able to have that depth to go with uh, a guy like uh, Najee Murray as well. Oh, I tell you what, folks, be excited because this these are the moves that this team has to make in order to contend for a championship. you got to have the depth. you got to have the players up front. you got to have the horses in front and in the back as well. And that's what it is, is just having those depth moves that need to be made. And, man, be excited, folks. That's all I have to say is be excited that we've got a player of this caliber joining us yeah. at this at this stage of the, the, the of the football season. Be excited, folks. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, uh, the game at Winnipeg, the Montreal Alouettes are currently a four-point underdog. Not, really, <laughs> I don't I don't know how to think about that. Um, maybe just they, okay, maybe they're automatically giving him three points because they're at home. Uh, and the over-under is at 40, currently at 46 and a half. Um, this, this is a game, as I said, this is one of those to me it, it, because they are still in the hunt for the for first place in the CFL. This was what a game that you and I would both consider one of those quote-unquote must-win games. Um, mm-hmm. It would be nice for them to, to put together a, a complete, you know, a, a complete game and get this win and at least um, show uh, Hamilton that they're not going to go away very easy because if they do lose, Hamilton does clinch the, does clinch the East because they are on a bye week this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the game, I, I, what what are they saying? It's supposed to be like plus two or plus three, I think, in, in Winnipeg at game time. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be snow or a little bit of snow or a little bit of rain, but uh, uh, it's going it's to be cooler for the Alouettes uh, this week, obviously, than it has been for the for these past two weeks. Mm-hmm. And again, the out, out west, they've been getting snow already. Like out in Calgary, they're getting snow, and uh, Calgary, uh, Saskatchewan too. Actually, has uh, also been getting a little bit of the uh, the wet uh, the the white stuff. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Winnipeg ends up if they don't get uh, the snow necessarily they'll they'll certainly get the cold and Montreal's just going to have to be ready to go for that because uh, yeah Grey Cup's going to be cold uh, it's going to be played in uh, less than ideal conditions I'm sure out in Calgary so this is going to be a good uh, a good test for this team to see just how ready they are uh, you cannot afford to rest on your laurels just because you've yes you did nail down a playoff spot. But as as we've said, first place is still very much in the equation. And you want to uh, stay hot. You do. You absolutely do. And you saw what this team did against the Blue Bombers a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't pretty. I mean, Chris Trevler at first played a, a, a phenomenal game. But uh, ever since that loss to the Alouettes a couple of weeks ago. No, ever since the second half, they, they've just been. <laughs> dismal. Yeah, something's I, been wrong. I, I mean, I mean, Strevler's just been—he's been rattled, and this, this, this Winnipeg offense just hasn't 
quite look the same. I mean, they've they've been struggling to score points. Uh, they lost twenty one six to the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I mean, it's. I mean, this is definitely a winnable game for Montreal, and they just got to keep working their plan. I mean, I'm sure once again we'll see. Like we've said, <laughs> just about every other game this season, I'm sure the Alouettes will go down. They'll they'll go into the half. They'll go into the half. You know, losing by ten or fifteen or something stupid like that. And then once again, they'll figure it out like they always do. But you know what? If Montreal this time around, if they can just get it figured out right away, they know that Chris Revler is essentially proving himself to be a very one-dimensional quarterback as far as yeah. he's – again, he's like Tim Tebow. He he can run. He's a hell of a runner. If but they can stop the run, they, they, the passing may will suffer. Yeah, because Strevler is struggling to complete a pass longer than 10 yards. Yeah. So – I mean, and Winnipeg's definitely got some good receivers, but uh, this Montreal defense, if that same defense that played and shut out the Calgary Stampeders in the second half, if they come firing on all gu- on all cylinders right away against this Winnipeg offense and just set the tone right away, I think that's going to make a huge difference. And then Vernon Adams will come in. He figures it out pretty quick eventually. And then, you know, just let the man do his work. And I'm not going to go go ahead and guarantee a win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but I mean, this is definitely one of those games where you make a statement right away, and it definitely will put Hamilton on notice if the Alouettes can walk out of Winnipeg, which is a very tough place to play. If they can walk out of there with a victory, knowing that there's about four points that will separate them, yeah. knowing full well, too, in a couple of weeks, Hamilton is going to have to come to Montreal and play, and that could be for all the marbles, too, for all, for all we know. That's true. That's true. Uh, the Alouettes are four and six in their last ten games at IG Field. I still want to call it Investors Group uh, <laughs> at IG Field, um, and obviously thrown in there uh, was that uh, that uh, collapse two years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, basically the collapse. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way to describe yeah, it. It was a collapse two years ago, and this uh, this will be the first time that Kahari Jones is headed home, so to speak. Uh, where he played his career uh, as uh, first time as a head coach, so we, it's uh, a a lot to a lot for. I'm sure there's a lot to, more that he wants to. Uh, he, he'd love to get this win. Oh, without question. I think uh, again, he's he's been proving himself over and over again. He's he's answered the call every single time. And how do you not consider at the end? Again, I, I will be stunned, stunned if he is not named coach of the year. When oh, it's all said and done. I know. Oh, and by the way, and I just have to say, this is this is just shows the futility that this poor Montreal franchise has had. Um, I, this will, uh, if, if, with Vernon Adams starting, it'll it'll make him the eighth different quarterback to start in Winnipeg over the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it is, folks. But you know, so you, you gotta you gotta kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, as I said, it uh, should be a good game. want to remind everybody, too, for those of you who don't know, the Alouettes are actually going to be having a, uh, a watch party, Cliff. They're going to be ha- housing it outside on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be at the foot of the, t- of the, uh, of the tower of the, of the Big O. Um, it will start at, uh, technically start at 3 p.m. It will go till, till obviously, till the game is the game is ended. They are going to be offering, I'm looking at here, I had it here a minute ago. Uh, they're going to be offering um, everything from, I think, some food's going to be available. They're going to have some, uh, the, the boutique's going to be there. Um, trying to find it, man. Here it is about. That wouldn't help. Okay, here it is. Um, yeah, so on Saturday, uh, 
They're going to be starting at three. Food, drinks, cheerleaders, gifts. Oh, I'm going. There's a bouncy house. Uh, and, uh, gifts, and gifts on site. Says, the only thing to do is just to bring your chairs. That's uh, a free event for all. Um, uh, the official gear will be available for purchase, debit, or credit only. So, at, again, it starts at 3 p.m. at the Big O uh, over near the tower. Um, and uh, ho- hopefully the rain will hold off. Hopefully. I mean, but again, uh, in a perfect world, yeah, you'd love to go and watch it at uh, Personal Molson Stadium because, you know, they got the big video screen there. But you know what? Olympic Stadium, it's still a fun area. It's still a, a it would still be a very neat experience. So if you get the chance, folks, go check it out because, again, you're going to be entertained. You're going to watch your Alouettes. What more could you ask for? Yeah, so – um, I, I, just to remind you, we are on social media. There are places where you can find us. Um, easiest places is over at our Twitter account. That's at Alouette's FL deck and over at, um, over at, uh, uh, uh Facebook. And that's at, uh, Alouette's flight deck. Just, just search for us there. And don't forget all the places where we are on, uh, uh, when it comes to the, uh, full archive of the Alouette's Flight Deck, all 101 shows. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find us over at www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca or over at uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, or Apple Podcasts. So, Cliff, um, uh, you know, here is this is uh, uh, it's like a new begin again. It's like show number one again. But uh, uh, hey, we're better, bigger, and better things coming up for the rest of the season. Without question. Uh, and again, if you thought the first 100 episodes was uh, a, a journey, just wait, folks, because we still got a lots more ideas you know, being cooked up. Uh, there's still a lot more guests that we want to get on the show and, and talk to, not just for the Alouettes, but for the league itself. Uh, I mean, the fact that you, you folks have joined us uh, for this journey has been absolutely phenomenal. We're definitely humbled that so many people are interested in the show and listen to the show religiously. And it just stokes the fire. I mean, we've been excited to do these 100 episodes and we're definitely excited to do another hundred, if not more. So all I can say is thank you so much again for your support and uh, please keep tuning in because as long as we know, as long as we know that people are listening to the podcast, we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep dedicating everything we can to providing the best show possible. That's right. So uh, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Have a very safe uh, and uh, uh, full uh, Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. And for everybody here at the Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.